Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. I hope you're having a great day. Got a lot to get to today. Can't wait. But real quick, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, don't forget today's show is presented to you by the great people over at Sugar Fire in Westminster, as well as Superbook Sports. In fact, Superbook Sports, they're changing the game. You could win some money this season with Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And right now, when you use the promo code MILEHIGH, you're going to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. So win or lose, Superbook's going to match your first bet up to $250 as long as you're using that promo code MILEHIGH. So go ahead and download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code MILEHIGH, and you're going to get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. And if you got a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. <laughs> oh, this is, this is kind of annoying. See if you can follow along with my logic on this one, because... It, it it bugs me. It's it's one. It's an accomplishment. Good for this little shit. But honestly, I have some issues with it. A thirteen-year-old boy becomes the only human to ever complete Tetris. Now, there's a lot of information in this thing, but go back into the day when you used to play Tetris all the time. Maybe you still do. But. This might bug you. It might not. It might not. It kind of bugs me. But that being said, I wasn't a big Tetris guy. I was more of a Super Mario Brothers dude. Okay? The kid's name is Willis. Uh, nickname is Blue Scooty Gibson. He beat the game during a live stream, triggering the true kill screen on level 157. Now, here's the thing. AI actually crashed the game a few years ago by getting to level 237. Then the game just stopped working due to the expectations that nobody would ever get that far in the game. They're like, nobody's that big of a nerd that they'd get to level 237. But basically what happens is, according to YouTuber A Game Scout, he said the game's code starts to become really inefficient on very high levels because no one was expected to get that far. And eventually, a glitch happens where the game switches from reading instructions uh, from the code to reading the RAM as if it were code. That's a bunch of nerd talk. I have no idea what that means. Anyway, he continues, if the resulting garble generates a stop command, it completely breaks the game, leading it to be called the true kill screen. I mean, it's fascinating, but... My my thought on this is back in the day, we didn't have social media to brag about every little stupid accomplishment that we achieved. Think about that. Re- remember, like, uh, like if, if we had social media like when I was a kid, Matt, back in my day, if we had social media, boy, oh, boy, would I be in trouble. And all my accomplishments would be documented. My stupid little accomplishments. Hey, guys, I beat, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Found this little hidden gem, this little, all these little, you know, your shortcuts and wh- whatever. All these warp zones. It'd be headline news now. 
be like, oh my God, this kid from Kentucky found a whirlpool uh, to beat the Super Mario Brothers game in five minutes. Like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody, I guarantee you, there's a, the, okay, I, there's a really good chance that some mom or some dad was sitting in their basement back in the 80s when this game came out, whiskey on the table, cigarette dangling from their lip, and they, and they accomplished the exact same thing that this kid did. But guess what? They didn't have a way to brag about it. They weren't going to sit there and go, you know what? I think I need to write a letter to Nintendo and Tetris to let them know of what I accomplished. No, they just got on with their day, went to their shit job in their shit family. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? I, it's funny because, like, remember when bottle flipping was really popular? It still kind of is, depending. But I remember as a kid, like, we would do that just goofing around. But nobody had a camera. And, and ultimately, nobody gave a shit. But now it's like it's this phenomenon. This is like this worldwide spread of like, dude, I just flipped a bottle. Whoa. I just beat a game. Whoa, my God, dude. I just ate some sushi. Sushi went in my mouth. Wow. And I didn't throw up. It's like you, you're celebrating all these dumbass accomplishments. Oh, my God, bro. I just tied my shoes. Yeah. God, I wrote my name. Whoa. This is called cursive. <laughs> you're celebrating the dumbest fucking things. Congratulations to this kid for beating Tetris. But ultimately, shut the fuck up. I don't care. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's, it's an accomplishment, yes. But ultimately, you're celebrating something that most likely somebody's done before. They just didn't bother to brag about it. And that's what the society of nowadays is. It, it, it's we're we're over like excited about the dumbest shit guys i want my butt nobody had to help me yeah <laughs> oh my god <sighs> i ate all my food woohoo <laughs> oh man some of the stuff that i see like my wife will be scrolling through on social media and it'll be like these people that are complaining about the everyday things that like everybody has to deal with. Oh, I have to go to work and I am so frustrated. My boss, the expectations, they're way too high. I can't, can't handle it. He's wanting me to complete two tasks a day. That's something dumb like that. You're like, come on, man, stop. It could be worse could be a lot worse and just get over it that it's just like yeah good for this guy he 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 beat a level <laughs> like and the fact that he live streamed it is just like eh. and i bet he had millions of people watching that shit too i need to live stream like dumb stuff too i need to figure out how to get my my i can i can do it i think on my samsung tv where i can i could play like a game I can play like Street Fighter and just live stream it. I should just do that. I figure it out. I need to figure it out officially and do that. And I'll use that for my like Facebook page. It'll be dumb. 
and I, and I'll be terrible at it. They'll be like, I thought you'd be like this expert, like Street Fighter guy. Be like, no, no, not at all. I just pick whoever the random person is, and, and <laughs> then I fight, and I usually lose. Okay, but hey, watch me. Okay, then when I do beat somebody, I'll be like, oh my god, yeah, ah, I just beat Ryu. <laughs> Or play Frogger. Be like, I crossed the street. Woo! People are like, nobody's ever done that before. Well, they have. There's nobody gave a shit. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It just bugs me. It just bugs me. Uh, a guy named Clinton Law and his wife, Carrie, were having a fence installed at their home in the Point Breeze neighborhood, wherever the fuck that is. Anyway. And the workers requested to be paid in cash. I wonder why. wonder why. (laughs) I wonder why they wanted to be paid under the table. Anyway, so they left an envelope filled with $4,000 in $150 bills on the kitchen table. So the, the husband said he returned to the kitchen about 30 minutes later to find Cecil their seven-year-old golden doodle making a meal out of the cash. It's at seven years old. That seems a little, if, if it was a puppy, I would understand seven years old. I mean, that seems a little odd. Maybe it was lathered in peanut butter. I'm just saying the guy's probably a pervert. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I don't know. I don't understand why a, a seven-year-old dog would do that. But that, that being said, I don't know. Maybe it was right next to some food or something, and, and he's leaving this out of the information. Because that would make sense. The couple had to try to recover the money, and basically they reassembled a lot of the shredded bills. And by doing that, they came up with about $1,500 worth. And they, were, they had those replaced by the bank, which was nice. A, a couple more $100 bills were retrieved later in the evening when the dog puked it up. But the rest of the money, they had to wait the old-fashioned way and wait for him to, to poo it out. So the couple had to go through Cecil's his poop for the next couple days and used uh, a utility sink to wash the shreds of paper so they could be taped back together. God, you got to love that job at a bank. Be like, where did this come from? And why does it smell so bad? Oh, your dog ate it and he shit it out. Okay, thanks so much. I really freaking hate my job right now. <laughs> Here's the crazy part. They were able to get back. They got $3,550 back. That's not bad. They only lost 450 bucks. Only. Only lost 450 bucks. Considering their dumbass dog ate it, they're 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 pretty good on that. That's not bad. I'd be so furious. And, and that's not and and what what's missing from this story is does the dog have a history of just eating shit off the table? Because if so, don't leave it on the table. Tape it in an envelope to the side of a, a cabinet or something. So that would be better if if the dog has a history of this shit. If he doesn't have a history of it, maybe uh, 
you know, maybe don't eat beef jerky before you're handling your money because then it smells like meat. I don't know what the hell, why the dog would do that. Oh, I'd be so freaking pissed. I had a dog once, but it was a puppy that, that ate my wallet. And I think I only had to have, uh, I didn't have any money in it. <laughs> Big surprise. Uh, I think the only thing he chewed on some of the credit cards in my driver's license, but nothing that was like significantly bad and just chewed the shit out of the, the leather of the, of the wallet, man, that would fucking piss me off. I've never had anything that bad. Oh my God. I'd be, how pissed would you be? Be like, what the fuck? (laughs) These guys, they need to be paid and you just ate it all. Oh, my God, stupid dog. <laughs> I say that. I love dogs so much. My dog's so cute. Oh, such a cute dog. Uh, we got more coming your way, including new fears and and some. I'm about to burst bubbles, basically, is what I'm going to do. I'm going to burst a lot of bubbles, and I look forward to it. But speaking of things that you should look forward to, Sugar Fire in Westminster, legit barbecue. They're off 144th and Orchard Parkway. They're right next to Snooze. Amazing place to go just grab a, whether it's lunch or dinner, Just maybe it's a date night. Maybe you want to take the kids out just for a good meal. Oh, it's great. And you can watch football on their TVs at their bar. It's just a great place to go. And... You got to follow them on on social media at Sugar Fire Westy because, like today, as I record this, guess what their special is? It's burnt ends, like pastrami burnt ends. Oh, if you've never had that, you need to go try it. Oh, it is so good, so freaking delicious. You got to try it. There's always amazing entrees, whether it's brisket, whether it's ribs, turkey. You name it, burgers. It's all good at Sugar Fire in Westminster. Also amazing sides, whether it's the fried pickles. Ooh, my favorite is fried pickles. To even just the 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 typical French fries, which are they also knock it out of the park. And there's so many other things in there, like the Brussels sprouts in Thai sweet chili. Oh, so good. The way I tried to make it at home, and it, I just couldn't do it. And it, so I'm just like, you know, forget it. I'm always going to go to Sugar Fire in Westminster when I need some good food. And Forget cooking at home today, okay? Go to Sugar Fire in Westminster. They got, it's just a beautiful assortment of food, whether it's, for, like I said, for a date night, maybe it's for, you know, taking the kids out, or maybe you want to do some catering and step up the game, the meeting game, I should say, at the office. So, Go ahead, check them out. Uh, it's Sugar Fire in Westminster, 144th and Orchard Parkway, right next to Snooze on, Snooze on the south side of 144th. It's Sugar Fire in Westminster, reinventing barbecue every single day. I started seeing this uh, last week, right after uh, I did the show uh, late last week, and I was like, oh my God, this, this is frightening especially because I just flew. I don't fly that often. So when you see something, again, uh, 
revolving around airlines and you're about to fly or you just flew, it just kind of just rattles you a little bit. And you've probably seen the story, but I'm going to give you a little bit more insight into what happened. Alaskan Airlines had to make an emergency landing after a giant refrigerator-sized hole appeared in the cabin. Thankfully, nobody was sitting there. But uh, they had 177 passengers and crew on the bo- on board uh, as they're flying to Ontario, California. So they're lucky, lucky nobody was sitting there. But the more you read into this, you're going to be like, okay, there's probably a reason why nobody was sitting there. So once they got up to 16,000 feet, they weren't at cruising altitude, but they were getting there. I want to say they were about 10 minutes into the flight. That's when the hole started, you know, rupturing open. So thankfully, it wasn't too far into the flight. Now, the pilots reported pressurization warning lights on three previous flights made by the specific Alaskan Airlines MAX 9 that was involved in this incident. So there was some ongoing issues with this particular plane. Now, the decision to restrict lengthy flights over water was so that the plane could return very quickly to an airport if in the event there was uh, warnings happening again. That's according to the NTSB chief. It is not clear if there is a link between the issues that led to those warnings and the issue that caused the blowout on January 5th. An additional maintenance look was requested, but not completed before it took off and and had this incident. (laughs) They're like, hey, could you guys look at it? There's some major issues, pressurization shit. Yeah, we'll get around to it. (laughs) Then they didn't. Now a bunch of people are traumatized for the rest of their lives. Thankfully, nobody was physically hurt. Here's what's wild, too. The plane was brand new, and it had just been delivered to Alaska Airlines in October, at which time it was judged by the FAA to be airworthy. So what happens is that that thing rips off. The fuselage was found in a teacher's backyard. Cell phones were found as well. It's just a little odd that nobody on a flight that was basically filled, but the two the Two seats where this hole opened up were wide open. Seems a little bit fishy, right? Like they knew something was going on right around there, but they didn't know what. Shit's going to come out. They're going to find out. I I guess like some, I want to say he was like six or seven years old. His shirt was allegedly ripped off from the suction because there was so much uh, suction in in the, the plane. I mean, how fucking scary is that? You're you're one step away from crashing and that plane being ripped apart. I mean, if you have a hole that big in the plane, it's not designed to to do that, (laughs) right? Oh, my God. How freaking frightening. How frightening. They better give everybody a refund, right? It's it's simple. It's a simple ask. Uh, I'd like my money back. Why? Because I just flew in your plane and a giant hole just decided to pop up in the middle of the flight. Don't like that. Eh. 
Call me, call me crazy. It's not something I appreciate when I fly. Is giant holes that pop up in the middle of the flight. How scary. Now, would you, if that happened to you, what are the chances that you get back on a flight quickly? Remember Jerry Schimmel? We had him on a couple of years ago. He's a big cyclist, but he also does play-by-play for the Colorado Rockies. Also used to do play-by-play for the Denver Nuggets. But he survived a crash, like a horrific crash. I want to say in Iowa. I could be wrong. But he wrote a book about it, and it it takes your breath away when you read the story. Uh, He saved a baby and everything like that. It's wild, wild stuff. And if you've ever had the opportunity to meet Jerry Schimmel, one of the the best human beings I have ever had the, you know, luxury of meeting because he, he's just a great person. But it was his job to travel. So he experiences this horrific flight uh, and crash and the trauma of helping rescue people along with other people helping to rescue, right? And then he goes and saves a baby and and all this stuff. And, and shortly after, he has to turn around and get back to work and has to get back on a flight. How frightening. So all these people that have to go somewhere, they just dealt with this shit from Alaskan Airlines. And then, boom, they, they're probably going to have to get back on a flight somewhere. Oh, my God. It's going to come out. Don't you have the feeling? I have nothing but hypothetical on this. But can't you just imagine that it comes out that they're just like somebody was being lazy, didn't want to do the maintenance check. They could have, but they didn't because they wanted to go get lunch or something like that didn't bother to perform the maintenance. Can't you just see that happening? Oh, my God. And, like, if, if an additional maintenance was requested then and it wasn't completed, why did management let it go forward? That seems like – I don't know the inner workings of an airline, but that seems like a big major issue. And the, – the, so expect a lot of lawsuits to go towards Alaska Airlines. It's ridiculous. And it makes me so, uh, I don't, I don't want to fly because I just don't trust the laziness of so many workers. And, and it's just like there's going to be a lot of finger pointing in this one. You can already tell. People are going to be like, well, we requested it, but nothing was done. How would you like to be a pilot that you're like, hey, we just, We've, we've had three incidents before this flight, and we've requested maintenance to look at it, but they haven't. Eventually, your luck is going to run out, assuming that it's not just some minor glitch in, in the software. If there's a pressure leak, which apparently there was, in the size of a refrigerator. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Expect a lot of drama to come out of this one. And hopefully it's for the better, as in it makes airlines be a little bit more 
diligent with their 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 maintenance and not doing half-ass work. Because there's good shit rolls downhill, and imagine the people at the very top of Alaska Airlines probably won't be uh, taking a lot of the punishment on this one, even though they're the ones that dictate how things work. The Denver Broncos lost to the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday in Las Vegas to end the season. Now the Broncos, by the way, what sucks about that is ultimately I was just like, eh, I want them to beat the Bron. I want the Broncos to beat the Raiders because it's the Raiders. And now it's now they've lost eight straight to the Raiders. Ugh, gross. But ultimately I was just like, I guess it would be fine if they lost because it would help their draft pick. Now the Broncos have the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft as we sit today. Expect them in this is the way I'm looking at it. Expect them to draft a quarterback with that pick. Assuming somebody good is still there. Otherwise, I would hope that they would if they don't go quarterback, you got to go offensive line. Cuz whether people want to admit it or not, the Denver Broncos offensive line is a big pile of hot steamy dog shit. That's what it is. Now, I put out a poll the other day on my Twitter account at DeHuff. That's my when I do like Bronco stuff, I do it uh, at DeHuff. If I do a podcast stuff, it's at DeHuff podcast. But anyway, I, I on Twitter I said, you know, who would you like the Broncos to draft for quarterback? And the one guy I didn't put on there, I originally had him on my list, and then I I deleted it. And in a sense, it was good because it got more people writing in and interacting with the the poll is a guy named Michael Penix Jr. He's with Washington. And I would have to say if I would have put him on there, he would have been the clear, clear winner of the poll. Otherwise, it was just like Caleb Williams and stuff like that. But the but he's he's expected to go either one or two in the draft. And I don't see the Broncos having enough behind them and draft capital to move that far up in the draft. If anything, I could see them going up to 10, maybe nine, rearranging and, you know, being all crafty with their shit. So here's the thing with Michael Penix Jr. Yes, he played really well this year. And a lot of people say that, you know, it's arguably that he could have won the Heisman, whatever. But here's the thing that bugs me about him. Michael Penix Jr. is injury prone. He's had multiple, multiple ACL injuries. He's had dislocation, joint dislocations in both shoulders. Here's the thing. He might be good. He might be a great player. But he's risky because of the injuries. Now, that being said... With all these previous injuries, there's a chance that he goes out there, joins the NFL, and he's has a regular healthy career. And, and all those injury questions were just like, really? Look at him play. And, and people that like me that were going, I don't know, man, he, he has a lot of injuries. We're looking like idiots because it, we shouldn't have been judging that here's ultimately what needs to happen is the Broncos uh 
you know, draft scouts, all these scouts and stuff like that, and GM George Payton, assuming that they don't get rid of him, uh, they need to really look at his medical history and be like, is it is he worth it? Because honestly, Penix, there's a really good chance he's going to be available for the Denver Broncos. In fact, I was looking at some of the the mock drafts. It's funny because mock drafts are going to be nutty from now until the draft day. And it, it's funny because everybody's going to everybody's going to be constantly changing. It's going to be slightly changing every, every you know so often. It's it's funny when you start looking at mock drafts. But anyway, Bleacher Report said the Denver Broncos appeared ready to move on from Russell Wilson. If that's the case, they should release the veteran quarterback with a post G one designation to ensure that they aren't paying more than expected for him going into the 2024 season. To offset Wilson's $35.4 million dead salary cap charge, investing in a rookie signal caller would be the smartest path forward for Denver. However, head coach Sean Payton almost certainly doesn't want to start over from scratch with a first-year QB who can't handle his off offense. Washington's Michael Penix Jr. would provide a solid middle ground as he continues to ascend draft boards. Payton wants to throw the ball around around the yard. And Penix is the best fit for that, according to Bleacher Report. Now, though Penix's rookie age is 24, his medical history and throwing mechanics are concerns. His arm talent and willingness to chuck the ball down the field are undeniable. Penix will need to show more ability to attack between the numbers to grow into a star quarterback, but his arm talent and fearless mindset are great starting points so when you read all that you hear all that is that really the guy you want to go with I mean it's the injury thing that really bugs me I think I think as far as arm talent and like him learning how to throw but between the numbers as they said I I think that can be taught the good thing is is like he's 24 he's a little bit more mature so that's a good thing too it's just as as a Physician, uh, I'm not one. <laughs> um, they they really need to look at that. Be like, are are these going to be lingering effects? I the more I think about it, the more maybe yeah, maybe he is going to be fine. Although the dislocations of his both shoulders actually worries me more than the ACLs. That actually worries me more. So we'll see. We'll see what the Denver Broncos do. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to talk with Mike Evans of Denver Sports coming up later this week. I'm going to get his thoughts on this. Obviously, he's a little bit more in tune to what's going on with the Denver Broncos and where they're headed, and we'll talk to him. Also, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll go through some random stories. So if you got a question for Mike Evans, send it to me, to huffpodcast at gmail.com. But... Yeah, let me know what you think the Broncos should do. If they don't go quarterback, where do you think they should be going? If they do go quarterback, who do you want them to get? Is Penix the right guy? I mean, you swap out the X for an S. We got penis behind the line. Okay, he's under center. Penis under center, <laughs> right? Yeah, come on. I'm just saying. The X could be pronounced as an S. <laughs> Somebody's going to screw that up. Oh, great play by penis. <laughs> I'm a child. I apologize. I apologize. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Really appreciate it. You guys are amazing. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. If you can, it helps with the distribution of the show so other people can see it is if you're able to give it a nice review, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, stuff like that. If you're able to give it a review, whether it's just giving it full stars or you write something out and be like, he, he makes love to my ears constantly and I, I enjoy it. Like that could be your review. I just wrote you a review. <laughs> There's going to be all these reviews that say the same thing. That's going to be funny. <laughs> makes it even better. But anyway, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are amazing. Also, to give, uh, you know, to help support the podcast, support my sponsors if you can, especially Sugar Fire in Westminster. Those guys knock it out of the park. Liz, the GM, is just amazing, just a brilliant mind, as is uh, Chef Clint, who is just the mastermind with all the ingredients and all the the recipes. So you got to go check them out. 144th and Orchard Parkway. Sugar Fire in Westminster. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are amazing. Have an amazing day. Hopefully you laughed a little bit in this episode. Uh, let's continue to move forward. Have an amazing day. I'll talk to you next time.